Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special message, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Doing a special series on living a balanced life in Christ. And our series sermon title for today is Separation, Saturation, and Situation. Separation, got a pen, Saturation, and Situation. Psalm 1, beginning in verse 1. Saints, if you're looking at verse 1, say I'm looking at it. (laughs) Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in what, saints? The law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates. He does what? He meditates day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, And whatever he does shall prosper. The ungodly, well, the ungodly are not so. But they're like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. There are 150 Psalms in the book of Psalms, and out of... The 150 Psalms, probably half of them or three quarters of them, um, the author is unknown. They have no authorship. Uh, Many times we read the book of Psalms and we think David is the writer of the book of Psalms. Not so. Many of them have no authorship. Psalm 1 and 2 have no authorship. Uh, Scholars call them orphan psalms. Orphan Psalms. Jewish tradition tells us that the first two Psalms were originally one. Now that seems appropriate to me because Psalm 1 and Psalm 2 definitely go together. Psalm 1 and 2 deal with the most important issues of life. And Psalm 1 deals with the blessedness of loving and obeying God. And Psalm 2 deals with the blessedness of loving and submitting to God's Son. I like that. I'm going to say it again. Psalm 1 deals with the blessedness of loving and obeying God. And Psalm 2 deals with the blessedness of loving and submitting to God's Son. Now, before we jump in, I want you to take note of the contrast in Psalm 1. In Psalm 1, we have two men. One man is obedient to God's word. The other is disobedient. One lives a God-centered life, 
The other lives a self-centered life. One is following God and his word and is blessed. And the other is rejecting God and his word and is facing judgment. The striking contrast, notice this. This contrast is striking. You can see it in the first and the last word of Psalm 1. The first word, saints, somebody help me. The first word in Psalm 1 is what? Blessed. And the last word is what? Perish. Interesting. Blessed and perish. Blessed means happy. Actually, in the Hebrew language, it means, oh, how happy. Happy. To be on the road that leads to ultimate joy. And perish means to be lost. To be on a road that leads nowhere into ruin and destruction. Notice in verse 1, go ahead and look at it in your Bible again. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. The word blessed is used 513 times in the New Testament. The writer says, if you want to be blessed, is anybody listening? The writer says, if you want to be blessed, if you want to be filled, if you want to have a balanced life in Christ, you cannot walk in the counsel of the ungodly or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of the scornful. The man who is blessed and happy has a crowd-resistant mentality. In other words, the man who is blessed doesn't follow the crowd. You don't follow the crowd. Young people don't follow the crowd. Usually if the crowd is going this way, you should be going that way. Don't follow the crowd because the crowd will often lead you away from God. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You know, when I was younger, my mom, she used to tell me, she used to say, Rodney, she used to say, boy. Now, you know when your mother say, boy, it's coming. Something coming. Something profound and motherly. Boy, she used to say, you're either going to be successful in life, very successful, or somebody going to kill you. Isn't there loving words coming from your mom? <laughs> you're going to be very successful, or somebody going to kill you. Because I was the kind of kid... I never followed the crowd. Never. Not when I was a kid. Never. Matter of fact, I, I, I actually was one that think that the crowd should be following me. Anybody else? One person. All right, sister, I'll preach to you. <laughs> Two. Anybody else going, going, going once, going twice? And, and, and I, I, I wasn't one to follow the crowd. I just, didn't, I just didn't want to follow the crowd. I thought, you know what? Listen, if I get in trouble, I'm going to get in trouble on my own. I don't want to get in trouble because somebody else got me in trouble. I want to get in trouble on my own. I was always a leader. If you want to be blessed and happy, listen, you've got to have a crowd-resistant mentality. Now, we live in a culture, and perhaps somebody will agree with this. We live in a culture where I want to be happy, and, and we're obsessed with being happy. People say, well, I can't make anybody else happy if I'm not happy. You heard that before? Listen, the Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible teaches you should be trying to make other people happy. And when you try to make other people happy, you will be happy. That's what the scriptures teach. I'm going to wait while you clap your hands because that's true. Because that's true. And, we, and in our culture, we're doing everything to, to make ourselves happy. Parents are doing everything and anything to make their kids happy and entertained. Entertainment nowadays is expensive. We, Xbox, PlayStation, you know, you got to have the, uh, uh, I was 
driving the other day, and I, you know how you're driving, and you pull up somebody, and you look over, and, and, and they, got, they got two flat-screen TVs on the back of the car seat. I'm like, wouldn't one TV right down the middle would be enough? No, we got to have two. It's expensive. Whatever happened to the days when entertainment was cheap? Where my parents at? When my mom, I remember coming up, my mom, and you, you guys know, your mother used to tell you, go outside. Somebody wave at me. I got to know where I'm at here. All right, good. Go outside. Well, what I'm going to do? I don't know. Go outside. But there ain't nothing to do outside. Boy, you better get outside if I slap you upside your fat head. You go outside, next thing you out there playing with twigs. Whatever happened to the days when playing was cheap, playing outside was cheap. Girls, you know, you, uh, you know, you take a piece of chalk and you make what? Hopscotch. Everybody know you draw the little blocks, you make hopscotch. You... <laughs> Whatever happened in those days? Or you get a jump rope and you play double dutch. See, I'm talking to the old school people. Y'all young folks, y'all don't know nothing about this. You play double dutch and you out there playing and carrying on. And, and, and guys, you know, we, we used to play, we used to take um, I, the things you remember when you were a kid. And, and we used to take these tops from like a milk carton, you know, little plastic tops. And we used to dig the tar. I'm from Philly. We used to dig the tar out of the street. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Dig the tar out of the street and pack it into the top. Remember that? And, and, play, and we used to play tops. And you used to bump somebody else's top. No one, you know what? That explains why there's so many potholes in Philadelphia. <laughs> now I know. I never really put it together until now. It's like a revelation from the Holy Spirit. Now I know. There's so many potholes because we were digging up the streets. But, but, it was, but it was fun, and you played, and your imagination, and, and you got to, you know, be a kid, and, and, and just, and it wasn't that expensive. Nowadays, you got to have some money in order to keep your kids happy and entertained. And you tell them, oh, you're grounded. You are grounded. Go to your room. They're like, fine, I got everything I need in there. I got everything I need. I'll stay there for 10 years. I mean... The, they got everything they need. It's almost like, listen, it's almost like in our culture, we can't keep silent. And we are troubled with boredom. We are troubled with boredom. People don't know how to live anymore. People don't even know how to live anymore. Now folks are hiring a life coach. A life coach. A life coach. A life coach. What is a life coach? If you're a life coach, please stand up. Give us your job description. What is a life coach? People don't, me neither. I don't know either. What do you do? What do you tell people? Listen, I'll tell you something. If you want to be coached through life, read your Bible. B-I-B-L-E, basic instruction before leaving earth. This Bible will teach you how to live. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. You don't need a life coach, you need Jesus. Jesus came to give you, I'm going to wait while you clap your hands right there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 
Jesus came to give you life and that more abundantly. He didn't come to give you life after life only. He came to give you life during life. People don't know how to live. People are unhappy and unsatisfied and unfulfilled and discontent and disgruntled and displeased more than ever before. And it's interesting, you would think that with everything that people have and, 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 and with everything that we own and all the materialism, you would think that people would be happy. You would think that they would have peace, but they aren't and they don't. Why? Because you can't have happiness and you can't have peace apart from the Prince of Peace. Is that right? The ultimate purpose of man, listen, is to glorify God. People are like, what's my purpose? I don't know what my purpose is. I'll tell you what your purpose is. Your purpose is to glorify God. And to glorify God with every fiber of who you are, with every fiber of your being, with every resource you own, with everything that you possess. Let me tell you something, how to be happy. Tell you how to be happy? Here's how to be happy. Be other-centered instead of self-centered. Our culture is narcissistic and voyeuristic. Voyeurism, it means we like to look in. You like to see. You like to watch into somebody else's life. You got YouTube, GodTube. People got cameras and watching and cameras and everything. We're we're narcissistic and voyeuristic in our culture. You want to be happy? Be other-centered. You know, my pastor told me years ago, I'll never forget Bob Chappell. He's going on to be with the Lord now. But he told me years ago, he said, he said, this is how you be happy. Joy. J-O-Y. Jesus first, others second, and yourself last. Isn't that great? Jesus first, and your others second, and yourself last. See, I gave you two acronyms in one sermon. I gave you Bible. Bible is what? Basic instruction before leaving earth. Enjoy is what? Jesus first, others second, and yourself last. That's how you can be happy. And when you use what God has given you to bless others, you'll find that you are blessed and you are happy. And if you're always focused on you, listen, people who are always focused on you, no wonder you need Prozac. No wonder you need Zoloft. No wonder you're depressed. You're always focused on you and what you need and what you have to get and what's going on with you. And you are so narcissistic and self-centered, you you get depressed looking at you. I get depressed looking at you. (laughs) I mean, you get get so into you. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You can get so into you that you can get depressed. You see, when you're others-minded like Jesus, you'll experience blessedness. I challenge you. I challenge you. You know, we sang the song, I am blessed among the people. I challenge you. Go home today, take a pen, take a piece of paper, and start writing down your blessings. You will be shocked, and you'll be writing all afternoon at how blessed you really are. I mean, think about this. I'm going to wait while you clap your hands because you are blessed. Of course you're blessed. You need to know you're blessed. I mean, think about it like this. First of all, you're blessed if you have a pencil and a piece of paper. Never thought of it like that, now have you? You're blessed 
If you have ears to hear, you're blessed if you have eyes to see. You're blessed if you have feet to walk. You're blessed if you have a house or an apartment or a trailer or a double wide. You are blessed if you have a car. You're blessed if you have light. You're blessed if you have heat. You're blessed if you have a coat. You're blessed if you have food. You're blessed if you have a refrigerator to keep the food in. You're blessed if you have health. You're blessed if you have strength. You're blessed if you have teeth. You're blessed if you have a tooth. Amen? So what if you're follically challenged? I am, but I'm blessed. Can I tell you something? You are looking at one blessed man. Pastor Rodney is blessed. I look back over the 15 years, and I remember when God called me in 1995 and told me to move to Raleigh, North Carolina. I didn't know anybody here. I didn't have any money. I, well, my wife didn't have any money. We had children, but we moved here, and God has been taking care of us ever since. I am blessed, blessed, blessed. And the Bible tells us, eye has not seen, nor ear has heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man, the things that God has prepared for those who love him. We are blessed. You are blessed. We're blessed to have a church that still believes in the authority of the word of God. You know, I mean, you know how hard it is to find a church nowadays that's teaching the word? I mean, just the word. People tell me, Every single week, man, I found the church. Oh, I'm so happy to be in church today. I finally found the church that teaches the Bible because churches aren't teaching the Bible anymore. People don't want to talk about sin. Were you with me last uh, Wednesday night? Wednesday night, we were talking about sin. People don't want sin. Sin is the S word in the church nowadays. You, you don't, people don't talk about sin. People don't talk about hell. Jesus preached about hell, talked about hell more than any other preacher in the Bible. Why? Because he's been there and he knows you don't want to go there. People don't talk about the blood of Jesus anymore. That's yucky stuff. We don't want to talk about yucky stuff. We want to make people feel good. The church doesn't even teach the Bible anymore. They don't, there's many preachers in the pulpit that don't even believe that this is the authoritative, final, infallible word of God. There are no errors in here. God's word speaks for itself. Let God be true and every man a liar. There's a lot of churches don't even teach that. Don't believe it. A lot of pastors don't even believe in the virgin birth. I can keep you here all day long. Don't believe in the Holy Spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit. These are things that are inescapable if you read the Bible. You can't miss these things. We're not talking about your position on end times or your eschatological position. Some of y'all are like, eschat a what? <laughs> Eschatology, study of end times. We're not talking about whether you pre, mid, post, pan, trib, whatever you are. We're talking about basic things, sin, repentance, the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, the Scriptures. All Scriptures given by inspiration of God and is profitable for reproof, for correction and instruction in righteousness sake. All scripture, not some scripture, all scripture. You are blessed to be in a church that teaches the word of God. And I'd ask you, and I'd ask you, I'd, I'll wait, that's all right. And I'll ask you, I'll ask you, pray for me. Pray for me. Please pray for me that I will continue 
to teach God's word. And I will not deviate from God's word. I don't care how large this church gets. And I don't care what doors God opens for me to preach around the world. May I always preach the truth of the word of God. Pray for me, please. Because I don't want to leave the teaching of the word of God. And I don't want to become politically correct. And that's why, to tell you the truth, I honestly get a lot of hate mail. I don't talk about it very often, but I do. I do. I get a lot of emails of people saying, well, you said this, and you said that, and you said this, and I can't believe you said that. And, you know, you talk about sin, and, you know, who are you to tell people they're going to hell? I'm nobody, and I'm not telling you you're going to hell. Jesus is telling you you're going to hell. So so I send them back an email. I sent him back an email. You are going to hell. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But you're going there. Hope you like it hot. <laughs> that ain't right. <laughs> but we're blessed. You know, somebody once said, count your blessings, name them one by the one, and look and see what the Lord has done. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 says it like this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Notice Paul says, who has blessed us. It's done. It's finished. The blessings are there and that's why we should praise God. Can the church say amen? And that's why we should have hope in him because the blessings are there. And that's why we don't have to hang our heads down and we can hold our heads up because we are blessed people. And if you're blessed, you should look like you're blessed. I'm not talking about the way you dress. I'm talking about the countenance on your face. You know, some people, you're blessed. Christians, listen to me, Christians. You're blessed. Act like it. Some Christians look like they've been baptized in pickle juice. Wow. How you doing, brother? Lesson Hall of Favor. You know, that's when they catch, they catch the spirit. They go. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about. It's not an important point anyway. Lesson Hall of Favor. You are blessed. Look like you're blessed. Hold your head up. Don't live like a pauper. You're rich and you're blessed. I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about we have this unlimited wealth in Christ. You know, the story is told of a woman who had gone down in history as America's greatest miser, yet she died in 1916. Hetty Green was her name. And she left an estate valued over $100,000,000, And she ate cold oatmeal because it cost too much to heat it. And her son suffered a leg amputation because she was looking for a free clinic. And as a result, infection took over his leg. She was rich, living like she was poor. And Christians are rich, but we need to live and act like we are rich and not poor. And in order to experience the blessedness, we must be separated. Look at verse 1 in your Bible, saints. The blessed person should not be in the counsel of what? Who? The ungodly. Listen, if you got marriage problems, don't get counsel from the world. If you got problems with your kids, who doesn't? Get over it. All right, parents, clap your hands, parents. Parents only. Parents only. 
Who doesn't get over it? Get over it! I don't even have kids in my house anymore, but I know what you're going through. I feel your pain. The blessed person does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. The blessed person does not walk in the counsel of Oprah. Some of y'all like preach, pastor, preach. The blessed person does not listen. Folk, Oprah, don't misunderstand me. I ain't hating on Oprah. Oprah, she did well for herself. Of the hundred, well, the hundred most wealthy people in the world, Oprah's listed as one of the, most, the hundred most wealthy people. She got her own network now. Own. Go ahead, girl, with your bad self. Go on with your bad self. Oh, it's actually quite clever. Oprah Winfrey Network, OWN. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.